Hey friends, welcome back to Hey Kelly On Air. I'm your host, Kelly McGuire, and I'm absolutely delighted to have my dear friend, Deanne Jeanette, joining me today. Deanne is an expert in trauma-informed parenting, and together we're exploring the world of parent coaching. First, let's discuss the importance of a trauma-informed approach in parenting. So grab a drink, find a comfy spot, and get ready for an enlightening conversation. We'll share stories and practical advice for all the amazing parents out there. Let's embrace the beautiful messiness of this journey together. So welcome. I'm so happy that you're here. When I thought about doing a podcast, you were one of the very first people who came to my mind because when I think about the things that I want to share with people and the information that I want to be heard, I think who has impacted my life? Who has impacted um, me as a mother? Who has impacted me as a friend? And you fit a lot of those categories. So I'm obsessed with you. Um, seriously. So thanks for making me cry before we even get started. But no problem. Thank you. No problem. <laughs> um, there's also something really intimate about the way that you entered my life um, and the way that we met each other. And so... If you want to take a second and introduce yourself and then um, maybe how we did meet each other, that'd be great. <laughs> so my name is Deanne Jeanette, and uh, I it's hard to describe what my life has been like because I've, I've uh, followed um, often my husband's career moves. And so I've lived in many different places. And every time I move someplace, um, it's a new job and a new experience. And it's been wonderful. And how we met was exactly that reason. Um, so I've always worked in the parent coaching field um, or adult education in some manner. And just at that time, it was a very short period of time. I needed a job that had health insurance. And so I took a job with a foster care agency called Safi. And um, I actually was the recruiter, but also had the opportunity to teach the classes, the trauma-informed parenting classes. And so you were like, I think one of the first parents that I recruited for. That's why it was so short. You yeah. had us. I was enough for you. Filled your bucket. Kept moving. Or we scared you. One or the other. No. no. And every time I see you or I hear your stories, I um, it's, it's kind of emotional for me because I feel like it was one of those very special moments from the moment I walked into your house. Like I remember just this, this is kind of a unique just time and setting. And um, so, yeah. And then I also remember those evening sessions uh, with you and Sean and a couple of other parents too, um, and getting to just dig into what does it mean to parent um, in a trauma-informed way. So, yeah, I can't wait for you to talk more about that because I grew up um, in a situation, my, my dad being in the military, my mom was, um, primarily who was with us at home. And she has the most patience. I mean, just through and through this gentle, kind, um, thoroughly good, patient heart. And I always feel so privileged that that, that is who I've learned so much of who I am and how I parent today 
But I could never really put a name on that until I became a parent and just really thought, you know, we talk about um, gentle parenting, but I had never heard about trauma-informed parenting. And so I'd love to talk more about both of those terms. Um, But basically, what, what has really been revolutionary for me is that it's easy to want to educate yourself um, about how to be better to your kids or how to be better to small people um, or who, whoever it is that you want to just be so delicate and intentional in your care towards. Um, that's easy to educate yourself on. When I decided to do that, what I didn't realize would happen is that it would change my whole approach to humans in general and the way that I look at humanity and the way that I approach people on the street, the way that I um, enter hard situations and hard conversations and, and just looking at people from a completely different approach. So my lens changed during those classes and My biggest word of advice, honestly, when I am talking to new parents or parents who are feeling lost is we we take the time to learn how to be good to our kids. But if we could learn how to be good to each other and to ourselves in the process, um, it's just it's it's so much bigger in this wholesome picture and you single-handedly, I mean, take the credit. I'm serious. You were in the right place at the right time. That's fine. But um, you changed my life and you changed the way that my marriage was functioning. You changed the way that my relationships with my loved ones were. Um, You helped me respect myself and respect other people of all ages along the way. So tell me first and foremost, you know, what, what is a parent culture when you talk about, um, educating adults, um, what does that mean to you? What does that look like? I have, I absolutely love what you just said, by the way, because being a parent coach to me has meant so much of what you just said Mm -hmm. that while we look at how we are raising and treating our little ones, the same thing goes with how we treat one another. Yes. And so my goal has been, and how we treat ourselves. Mm-hmm. We are so unlikely to give ourselves grace. In fact, my, my husband is very famous for saying to me, Deanne, he'll look at me when I'm really getting into a shame cycle. Yes, we do. And he, and he will look at me and he'll say, now, what would you say to yourself if you were one of your parents that you work with? And I, and I go, okay, be quiet now. Yeah. <laughs> quiet in the back. <laughs> no, and he's right, because that same kind of respect and acknowledgement that we want to give little ones, we should be giving to ourselves and to other people. And when we do, it does change our relationships. And I believe that in being a parent coach, um, you can you can really change the world uh, because as one person at a time begins to learn something different and unique, um, it changes how they interact with the culture and the world. So you talked a little bit about um, 
you know, I call myself a parent coach. I actually work for the local school system and my official title is parent educator. And I, I don't like that term. Um, and the reason why I don't like it is it makes it sound as though I have something to teach you. Um, and while I might have some information in general, um, I always want to say to people, you are the expert of your child. You are the one that are there day in, day out, all night, in the middle of the night with your child. You know your child better than anyone else. I'm just coming along to help you figure that out, Um, what you know and how maybe some ideas about how um, kids generally react to things. And but every family, every every system is unique. Every child is unique. And that's the joy of it. So I get to be more of the coach saying, hey, have you tried this? You want to try that? Um, A great job getting to be your personal cheerleader. Um, And that is just such a joy. So that is what a parent coach is. Um, And uh, it it is really the most joyous um, thing I do. I love that. I was just thinking too, um, I don't know where I heard this or maybe I read it or I don't know. Middle of the night momming is like, (laughs) makes me delirious because I don't know if I'm imagining things that happened or like they really happened or what. But I want you to think through this every time you're caught in like that shame cycle again. Mm -hmm. um, What I have read or heard or whatever it was um, is talk to yourself like you would talk to a friend. And so when you're caught there, I want you Mm -hmm. to think about how I would talk to you. You have taught me to talk to you. um, And just that that whole you're exactly right that Mm -hmm taking the time with one person. I believe that so much. Taking the time to help somebody understand themselves or understand the world a little bit better or understand their brain a little bit better. Yes. Really, that's it. How do, how do we recognize how we're functioning and why we're functioning? Um, that is how we change the world. Mm-hmm. And so I'm so excited to see that you're excited about that because I really believe that it just goes so far. We think, can one person do this or can can 10 people do this? This is how we do it is exactly you planted the seed and now I get excited to plant the seed. And yeah, I think that that is just something to be um, excited. So what would you say you're, you, you work with these families um, or you work with these individuals in all these different settings? What would you say your hope for families with um, unique stories and challenges would be? You know, I was just talking about that this morning um, with a colleague and I once heard a social worker that working in early childhood saying that her goal was to have more children giggling. And while that's not exactly what I would say, I would say maybe families laughing together. Mm-hmm. Because when you're laughing and a child is giggling, it is a sign that people feel safe. They feel wanted. They feel cared for. They feel connected to one another. I have I work with so many families who just aren't able to, for whatever reasons, um, enjoy one another. Mm-hmm. And not that we're going to be like happy all the time. But there should be that general ability to enjoy each other as a family. And if if we can't, then there's there's things that are blocking the way. Mm-hmm. 
And how can we figure out how to overcome those blocks, how to to go around them, how to break through them sometimes, mm-hmm. um, or learn to live with them in a way that we can still enjoy one another. That's exactly it. I think for me, mm-hmm. I had so much control in so many pieces of my life. And then um, foster care, you know, we have navigated a lot, <laughs> yes, um, but foster care was a unique situation because it's the first time in my life where the expectation Mm -hmm. and what I expected of myself and what these kids deserve is for you to be all in right away Mm -hmm. um, without any of the decision-making capabilities. Mm -hmm. Um, It is so unique to love these children so completely and have no control over any of the decisions of their lives because they are not yours. Um, They are yours for an hour or a year or 10 years. Um, And maybe it leads to adoption. But I mean, the ultimate goal is that families are reunified. And I I really believe that in any situation um, that if reunification is possible, that is the goal, you know, so foster care is tricky because when you believe in families as a whole, um, it's painful sometimes yes. because there's disappointment and there's heartbreak and there's this this championing on for the family as a whole, but the heartbreak that that your family is experiencing. And mm-hmm. it really was the first time that. I had to tell myself, I can't control what's right in front of us, um, but I can navigate it better than I'm navigating it right now. And I really, mm-hmm. I really feel like when you have the tools to navigate these hard things or to think, how can we thrive in the circumstances that we're in that we have no control over, that's where families still do the things that you're talking about. You do the hard things, but you do them together. and. I can't tell you how many times um, we've gathered with our kids and just said, okay, clearly what we did today did not work. <laughs> that was not yes. it. Yes. That was not that. That was not the way. Um, but that's so key, though. What you just said there, though, is being willing to go to your kids and say together as a family, this didn't go well. That, <laughs> that I made some mistakes today mm-hmm. and I'm really sorry. You know, growing up, I had wonderful parents, but I don't ever remember them ever apologizing. It was just not a norm. It wasn't you weren't supposed to apologize to your child. Mm-hmm. What did that teach us? You know, that once you're in a position of authority, you never do anything wrong. And it's just not realistic. Mm-hmm. Right. And it I don't know how many families I work with right now who are essentially estranged from their extended relatives. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if if the way we parented worked, we would still have those kinds of connections. Absolutely. Um, but, you know, I always say to people, Kelly, like, unless unless you make a conscious decision to do something different, you will always you will always parent the way you were parented because that's your only it's kind of built into your brain and um and so what you're talking about is you had this wonderful model of your mom and yet you knew there was more that you had to do 
And when you decided to go into fostering and adoption, you willingly took the step to say, I'm going to grieve as well as long as well as have joy with these kids. Mm-hmm. I think, too, that it's so easy. Um, the world's dark. The world is dark. And oof, walking alongside broken families when you care so deeply about families as a whole, not just the kids. You care about the birth mom. You care about the birth dad. You care about these birth relatives. Um, Man, (laughs) I'm just so thankful that you have really given me the lens to see people, to see them and in turn see myself um, understand myself. And one thing that I wanted to say is that, you know, we talked about my mom and, and I tried to take all those good pieces. And, you know, there's stuff that you say, I want to do this differently because I remember the, the way that it made me feel. Um, but what's really unique in my family is that I've seen as my parents have watched me and my um, sister raise our kids they change as grandparents. Mm -hmm. And it's just this perpetual cycle of knowing we can always do better and that it is not a pride thing. It is a resource. And it Mm -hmm. is, this is how we keep moving forward. And this is how we just do better for each other. And I'm just so excited to be a part of that. So Last thing that I wanted to say, a lot of people are um, familiar with the term gentle parenting. Could you tell me um, what what gentle parenting versus this trauma-informed parenting, or, or as you would say, parenting through a trauma-informed lens <laughs> looks like? Because that stuck with me. The difference I would say is, you know, gentle parenting, one of the wonderful things about it is, is that it is looking and is focusing on being empathetic to your children instead of that authoritarian, hey, what I say goes and, you know, here's the behavior, here's a consequence. If you don't do it the way I've told you to do it, you are looking at the child and saying, oh, this is what this child is going through. I'm being empathetic and just being more kind, perhaps. Um, what what it's missing, though, I think, in a couple of ways when you look at it compared to a trauma-informed lens is understanding our neurobiological development. And so what I mean by that big word is just simply how biology and experience impact the brain. And so we are, we are wired, hardwired from the beginning for connection, and when we that connection is disrupted for whatever reasons that get in the way of that, it impacts the wiring of the brain. And so um, you can actually look at pictures and MRIs of children who have had that connection disrupted. Um, the The term trauma actually means that you you have felt. Um, actual danger towards your life or someone else's. So um, I'm not just talking about, you know, general sadness, but I'm talking about real neglect and fear. Um, That actually, in the pictures of their brains, will show 
smaller um, gray matter in the brain, and so it actually shrinks the brain's size, the ability to make connections for those children. So here's the wonderful thing. While we know how much trauma impacts the brain, we also know that healing is possible too. And trauma-informed parenting is is understanding that brain development has has been altered a bit from what we had wanted perhaps, but that healing happens through connection. And so gentle parenting is is part of what you can do because it takes empathy um, towards your child and you definitely don't want to perpetuate the fear. So you understand your child's triggers that put them in that fear. And then you also are focusing on the connection to build back that brain matter and, and to build that connection and their ability to be able to um, regulate themselves. Isn't that beautiful, too, that we have that kind of control mm-hmm. that if you can exercise the control, like we really have the power to. Yeah cause more disruption or Mm -hmm. to generate healing. I think that that's so incredible. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you for being here. Um, I could talk to you for hours and I would actually love to talk to you another time more about that, the trauma-informed lens and and style um, because what I'm finding as I continue to walk through life is that We've all experienced quite a bit of trauma that that maybe we would not label as trauma mm-hmm. until you've been exposed to what trauma can look like or what it can mean. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's a big conversation, an important conversation. But thank you for having this conversation. Well, thank you for having me. And I'd love to come back and talk more. So. Yay. Sounds good. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Make sure to click the link in the description or head over to heykellymcguire.com for the coordinating blog post packed with valuable resources. And remember to subscribe to our email list for updates and even a special downloadable freebie as a thank you. Stay tuned for new episodes dropping every Friday. Let's embrace this beautiful mess of life, find joy in the journey, and support each other along the way. Thank you for joining me and I can't wait to connect with you again soon.